The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is again our epistle reading for this past Sunday, the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. We're looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 11, where the Apostle Paul was inspired to write, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, for Christ, but Christ is all and is in all. My dear friends in Christ, well, the Apostle Paul, he said, set your hearts on things above. And that's on the positive side. But if we are to set our hearts on things above, then it's also necessary for us to get rid of those earthly things. Don't set your hearts on earthly things. That's the other side of the coin. Paul said, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Now here he's talking a lot about sins that would be kind of from within, but sexual immorality, that includes any type of sexual activity outside of marriage between a husband and wife. It includes sex before marriage, unfaithfulness, homosexuality. And it almost seems as if our world is adding to that list of sins. And, well, they were known back in Bible times as well, but it seems that they're coming out so much more on the forefront nowadays. Impurity. That includes all thoughts and intentions of the heart, which may or may not lead to actual sins and lust and evil desires. That focuses on any desires, especially sexual desires that God forbids. Then he talks about greed. That's self-interest, which really ends up being a, a summary of all sin. Do you realize that whenever you sin, you're actually doing what your sinful nature 
would want you to do and ignoring or rejecting what God wants you to do. See, that's really what sin is. Letting our sinful nature lead us instead of God and his word. And now see, if that's what greed is, that's why Paul calls greed idolatry here. But how do we put to death these sinful attitudes and activities? And the answer is simple. By always getting closer to God and his word. When Satan tempted Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, remember 40 days he was out there in the wilderness and Satan was tempting him and going after him, giving him the best or, or the worst in his bag of tricks to try to get Jesus to fall. But the first thing that Jesus did when Satan went after him is he used the word of God against Satan. And every time he used the word of God against Satan, well, Satan had to back down. He, he couldn't stand against those temptations. And I'll often say, when we would have, for example, a passage from scripture or a Christian hymn or Christian music that's going through our heads, through our minds. It's really difficult at times like that for Satan to get through, for him to get his claws on us, unless we've pushed such Christian thoughts away from our minds first. So we stay close to God's word and we trust in Christ that in him we have the forgiveness of our sins and and we look to the Holy Spirit for his help to fight against those sins. That's what it means here when he talks about putting to death, putting to death whatever belongs to our earthly nature. Well, Paul says, because of these sins, the wrath of God is coming. Oh, we often talk about this, that it seems as if we live in a world where we're not supposed to talk about sin and hell so much anymore because we don't want to offend anyone. And actually the truth of the matter is, is that because we live in such times where, where people are taking offense at the thought, at the warning against sin and, and the threat of hell, that's why we really need to talk about sin and hell all the more. Sin is corrupting our world more and more all the time and the world doesn't even realize it or largely doesn't realize it or maybe doesn't even care. And that corrupting influence, what we have to recognize is that it affects us also. Who knows how much of how much sin is in our lives that we maybe don't even realize is in our lives because our consciences have been clouded or because we just don't know what God's word says completely about what God's will is for us in our lives. Each of us has sinned so much against our God that really what we deserve on our own, of course, is eternal separation from God in hell. That's what we deserve on 
our own. But thank God we have Jesus. Thank God we have Jesus. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit who works in our hearts through God's word to strengthen our faith so that we look to Jesus more and so that we can, as Paul says here, put to death whatever belongs to our sinful natures. Work at putting to death what belongs to our sinful nature. Well, Paul said, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. It makes me think of when Julius Caesar when he and his troops landed on the shores of Britain with his, when he with his Roman legions came to the shores of Britain, he took a bold decisive step to ensure his military success. And once his troops, his legions reached the cliffs of Dover, what happened is he had all of those legions looked down to the shores and saw the boats that they had used to get there being burned up. And what he was saying to those soldiers is, there's no way back, you just have forward to go. And because they said, well, we can't go back, there's no turning back, they fought and they won their battles at that particular time. And now, when we think about that, what really the Apostle Paul is doing for us is teaching us a similar lesson. Since Jesus has freed us from slavery to Satan, sin, death, and hell, there really is nothing of value for us, nothing of blessing for us to go back to in our old way of life, our life without Christ. So it only makes sense for us, and as believers we can say, yeah, it only makes sense for us to move forward, to live for Christ, and to await his eternal blessings. That's what's ahead for us. Why would we want to go back to Satan and sin? Well, Paul said, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. This second list of sins that the Apostle Paul includes here, it basically deals with our relationship with others and it's encouraging us instead of having well, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, lying. Well, it's instead encouraging us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And Paul wants us to get rid of all such thoughts that wouldn't be loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Paul says, you must get rid of all such sins since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. By God's grace through faith in Christ, we aren't the same people we once were. We entered into this world without Christ and without any hope, really. 
But now we have Christ in our hearts. By the grace of God, we have Christ in our hearts. We have him living and ruling there. Now, of course, we're still going to stumble and fall. But as God works with us, as the Holy Spirit comes through to us through word and sacrament, well, what's going to happen is that the image of God, which Adam and Eve lost back in the Garden of Eden, well, that image of God, as the word of God, as the sacraments work on our hearts, as those things happen, then what's going to happen is that the image of God, it's going to be increasingly manifest in our lives. Well, Paul closes our reading with some beautiful words. He says that among believers, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Oh, it's so wonderful for us to realize that God loves and cares for each of us believers equally and fairly. Who we are in the eyes of the world, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because in God's eyes, in God's eyes, we are his precious believing children. So don't set your hearts on earthly things. Set your hearts on things above. Remember who you are. By the grace of God, you're a child of God and an heir of heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for making us your believing children. Help us always to not daydream spiritually, but to focus on who we are and where we're going because of Jesus, our Savior. In his name we pray, amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.